and get off the high horse. You know, this is my baby. Hey, and, get off me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you high? You know, just, <laughs> that horse just looks high. Welcome to episode 99 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Snap it! Snap is back in the house. Of course I am. I never <laughs> left. Did you snap with anybody this week? Uh, yes, I did, and you'll hear about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got snappy about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I told that shit where to go. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> well, uh, we do have a special guest this week. Juan Valdez! <laughs> you bring the coffee? <laughs> I already had my coffee. Oh, uh, you didn't bring enough for the rest of us, did I you? Hell no. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> cheap Mexican, Mr. James Linares. Uh, he was supposed to be on the show last week, but due to flooding, he was not able to make it. Yeah. There you go. A Mexican that can't swim. Oh, I can swim. I just didn't want to. <laughs> we're, we're not worth it. <laughs> Plus, you know, it's, it's totally okay for him not to make it, but I don't know what Merman's real excuse was. Well, know? why is it okay for him to make it? Because I live an hour away. Yeah. I, I live a good distance away, too. I got to cross three rivers to get here. From the north side? From the south side. North, north side. <laughs> I live close to Galveston. <laughs> Mm, okay. He yeah. lives a lot more south than you. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we don't claim you. <laughs> if anything, I'm South American. You know? <laughs> Way down there. Uh, well, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's, uh, let's go right into our comics. What were your top two this week, Miguel? Number two, uh, We Stand on Guard, number five, by Brian K. Vaughn and Steve Scross. It was really good. Yeah, it was. Dude, this, this book is just crazy. I still can't get over the fact that we're the bad guys. <laughs> We're the assholes in this book. Well, if you haven't read We Stand on Guard, it's basically America, for some reason, out of the blue, decided to invade Canada. The oil. And they, well, <laughs> we know that now. But Weapons of mass destruction? They, they wiped out most of the Canadian armed forces and most of the civilized parts of Canada. And there's small bands of resistance that are fighting against the American occupation. Uh, it's a pretty fascinating book. And the main characters are kind of, well, they are a very small resistance group, but they're getting smaller every day. <laughs> well, remember the last time they caught the leader. They caught the one leader, and they mind-fucked her. And uh, she's in, like, this garden, and this other guy approaches her, like, another Canadian, and he's, like, talking to her, like, hey, I'm part of the resistance. You know, this is we're doing this. And she's like, are y'all mind-fucking me again? Y'all trying to get more information from me? And then she realizes not. It's legitimate a, a resistance guy. And then uh, you find out it's his sister who is leading the, the group over in Canada, and they're about to ra- wage all out against the Americans who are trying to invade. They did something they didn't expect them to do. They just attacked them. Yeah, just went at them with their own machinery. Go straight at the American headquarters with the machines they stole in the last issue. Nice. And you find out how, how tripped the sister is, man. She's like, shoot them all! Fire! Fire! <laughs> it's like, holy shit! Uh, it's basically a suicide mission, and, and the group on the ground doesn't have very good odds, because they have this new laser beam weapon they've developed that slices right through the machines and the people inside. And I mean, That's friggin' awesome. It's pretty badass. Clean cuts. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, the small group that took the plane and is doing the aerial assault, they managed to crash land into the base, and none of them really survive except for the girl who's now the de facto leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things have gotten real heated, and this is only a miniseries we just found out. There's only one more issue. Motherfucker. To wrap this up. <laughs> you just got mind fucked. Yes, I did, and ass fucked, too, at the same time, taking my money and then going to... How the hell is this book just a miniseries? Well, they... Jesus, you could take this book... Man, this is like... Uh, Red Dawn, man. You can take this book on forever. Hell, you can make a movie out of it. But see, the reason you want it so badly now is because they're going to leave you wanting more. Yeah, huh? I don't That's want it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to call my, my local comic shop and tell them to drop it. 
Fuck it, I don't need to read the last book. I'll make the shit up in my head. This is how it went down. <laughs> I, I kind of believe you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crappy. When did you find this out? Well, just the other day. Oh, that's terrible. Well, it kind of makes sense where the story's at right now. I'm you writing know, a letter. The whole group's been pretty much obliterated except for the one girl who's alone in the American base. Damn it, James, your books better not be <laughs> miniseries. I'm going to kick your ass. They're going to be miniseries. Well, totally. Oh, we're going to start yeah. up this rumble of shit right now. <laughs> just, just dedicate them to Miguel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to finish the last panel. <laughs> stop. Fade to white. Yeah. What is it, Sopranos and shit? <laughs> so what's your number two, Holmes? Uh, my number two is actually Exodus the Life After number one from our good friends Joshua Helfialkov and Gabo. Uh so Life After uh, Exodus takes place after the events of the main series. Uh, if you don't remember, Jude, who's essentially the son of God, uh, gets killed in Purgatory. And instead of being reincarnated like you would think he is, he's put right back into the Purgatory where the story began in the first place. He's going through the routine, waking up, going to his boring-ass job, doing the exact same thing day after day, and he can't break the cycle. And Ernest Hemingway and his uh, little army of kids still remember everything, and they're still in the kind of space-between worlds and they're breaking into Purgatory and trying to break Judah out of this funk that he's in. But they can't do it themselves. And they figure out the only way they can make that happen is to do the exact same thing that happened the first time that Jude got out of this funk and have him run into the woman that he falls in love with. Yep. So they have to go to hell and find one of the little girl's moms and bring her back to uh, inter- interfere with Jude's daily routine and try to break him out of this. I loved it. America, they blew the bus up and didn't do shit. Yeah, they, they tried all kinds of things. I mean, they would like, attack him on the toilet and like blow up the bus and... <laughs> Like, nothing was breaking him out of this funk. They realized the only way to do it is with the mom. You talk about a mind fuck. Yeah. It took us back to the beginning. It took us right back to the beginning, which I think is kind of cool, actually. At least the rabbit is still there. I mean, it was the same kind of same kind of art, same storyline. The rabbit's actually, like, broken apart. He's yeah. so bored, he's, like, playing chess with himself. <laughs> and then getting pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I love this. If you've never read Life After, I know that the trades for the first series are out now. Go pick them up. You will not be disappointed. It's one of my favorite series of the last few years. And Exodus of Life After, number one, just came out, so it's a great place to jump on as well. Uh, but you got to throw that warning out there. You know, If you're super, super religious, you may not want to pick this book up. Well, obviously. It's about, yeah. God, it's about <laughs> God and devil. And, and I mean, did you ask I mean? James before you start throwing all these things around? Because, you know, half of our books we're about to talk about here today all like, you know. Well, like we were talking about <laughs> before, you know, people are so sensitive about everything. I'm going to talk about what I like, and if, if it bothers James, then. Don't start crying in the corner. It yeah, is what it is. The damn thing bothers me in the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come shoot on your lip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say sit. I said shit. <laughs> so potato, did he, potato. He doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, my number two. I thought it was great. I love that book. I still think Ernest Hemingway is a badass character in that book. Ernest Hemingway was a badass in real life and in the book, for sure. And I like the little girl, too. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. What was your number one? Number one, and it's probably going to be yours. Nail by number 17 by our good buddy Josh Williamson, and Mr. Henderson is doing the art. Yeah, Mike Henderson. Mike Henderson, yeah. <sighs> You're correct. It's, it's my number one. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, you've got the FBI detective who was pulled off the case. She's been sent back to the headquarters and she's been sent on some new story to deal with serial killers because they feel like she has enough experience after dealing with all the stuff in Buckaroo. Problem is, she was somehow affected by what happened in Buckaroo and she starts having all these crazy daydreams where she's just maniacally going around killing everybody in sight. The daydreams are so graphic and so violent. Everybody in the FBI base basically gets killed by this one woman and then all of a sudden it flashes back to reality and she's just standing in a boring conversation <laughs> i know when i first got to that place like, holy shit I'm like 
oh, come on. <laughs> this is the week of mind fucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And, and it, that's not the only instance of her having these kind of dreams. I mean, as the story progresses and she finds out where she has to go to investigate the serial killer, she realizes it might actually have ties to Buckaroo and there may be something going on with this guy escaping from there. And she starts having more dreams about killing more people. And she realizes she can't confront this on her own. So she goes and finds the original detective who was working in Buckaroo. And she convinces him to come along with her. And uh, we don't know where the story's going to go from here. But I just, I fucking loved it. It was great. Dude, you know, I'm just going to say right now, first of all, Josh Williams and you bastard. First, he throws that, that Mayan thing out there and messes with us, the fake temple under the water. Yeah, he's throwing a Mexican joke out there. <laughs> a temple underwater. Have you ever read Nailbiter? No, man. Uh-uh. Okay, so, so Nailbiter is about this town called Buckaroo. Right. Where... It has the the highest group of serial killers that have ever come from one place. I remember the place. premise of it. Yeah, I remember yeah. reading about that. But so about as far as I got. Josh throws this thing where there's this Mayan temple <laughs> underneath the water, underneath the lake mm-hmm. in the town, and you know they start to realize that maybe this temple is the reason that everybody's being turned into serial killers. So they go to investigate it, and after a little while, they find out that it's really just a prop that was put there for a movie a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's awesome. It's it's a big mind fog. I mean, we how still many have, issues did it take to get to that point? Thirteen, I think. Fantastic. Yeah, That's and there's awesome. the thing with the bees too. And then you start wondering if the bees have something to do with it. Josh is throwing a lot of red herrings out there. He's so really everybody, everybody to... is like, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's coming, it's coming." Then uh, nothing. Yeah, we still have <laughs> no idea what's driving everybody insane, That's except so that there's cool. some ba- some bad guy like the main butcher who's behind all of it. We oh, don't know. he is. He is. Oh wow. And he's he's evil. He's an evil dude. But we don't know what his real intentions are. And we don't really know why or how he's converting all these people into serial killers. But. Yeah, they had the one guy's partner in there with no arms and no legs cut him off. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's intense. It's really good. Yeah, it's probably the best horror book in the last few years. And it's one of my absolute favorite books that's still going on right now. So easy heard, number one pick for me. I've yeah. heard good things about it, man. I've, I've, like a lot of other things, I've been meaning to get into it and pick it up and check it out. And I just don't have the damn time. Yeah, check stuff out from the library. Justin, he's got everything here. <laughs> just, and these are just some of the boxes. His whole closet is full. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cool. What was your pick of the week? Oh, my pick of the week. I'm going all Christmassy here. I'm going to be all happy now. Uh, my pick of the week is Klaus, number one. It's pronounced Klaus. Whatever. I'm, Klaus. I'm German. Klaus. <laughs> Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. Yeah, Klaus is really good. Uh, it almost made my top three this week. Uh, it's about Santa Claus before he became Santa Claus. He's a woodsman. Dude, he was badass. He's, he's a badass woodsman. He's a huge, hulking, lumberjack kind of guy. Has a wolf for a pet. Nice. Uh, he collects pelts and, and, you know, this is way back when, when they didn't have anything more than a barter system. So he goes to this castle and he goes in and he's trying to trade his uh, goods, his wares for, for food and for supplies. It's a weird name of the town too. And the, the town is run by this baron who's basically an asshole. <laughs> he demands anything that's brought into the town is his. He doesn't yeah. have, to have fair trade for it. He starves his people. He, he's just a brutal overlord kind of guy. And Klaus sees like children being abused and not fed. And when he tries to trade his stuff, the guards beat him mercilessly and steal all of his stuff, and they kick him out without any clothes. I mean, he's got, like, his pants, but that's it. And uh, then they track him down for sport. Like, they want to go out in the woods and kill him, but his wolf manages to save him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get further into the woods, and he's like, I don't know how we're going to survive the night. We got no food. We got no pelts. We got nothing. And yeah, he lights yeah. a big fire, and he starts eating some, like, mushrooms or berries or something he found on the ground, and he starts hallucinating. And he thinks he sees all these weird fairy kind of things floating around. Nice. Passes out. Well, when he wakes up in the morning, he's completely surrounded by toys, <laughs> like trains and little toy soldiers and just you know, all the traditional right. imagery you see with Christmas. You know? Yeah, and the misfits. <laughs> and I, it's not just a few. I mean, it's like hundreds of toys oh, yeah. in a it's big like, circle around him. Like, what the hell did I do? And he's like, what did I do? <laughs> 
So I don't really know where the story is going to go. This is a miniseries as well. It's only six issues, but uh, it's the story of the origin of Santa Claus. So I'm, I'm imagining he's going to break into the town and distribute the toys to the children to make them happy because the Baron outlawed toys. Oh, well, yeah, he didn't outlaw them. He takes them from him. Like, remember the kid is playing with a rock? Hey, you, is that a rock? Is that a toy? Yeah, well, that goes to the Baron's kid. <laughs> Take the rock from the kid. The yeah. kid is playing with a damn rock. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of any story that starts out with, well, the kind and gentle Baron. <laughs> if your if your if your name has the word Baron in front of it, that automatically makes you an asshole. Yeah, I believe that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Now I'm going to go out and see if I can find a book where the guy named Baron is a nice guy. Challenge accepted. <laughs> right. Baron Horstocles. <laughs> hey, you didn't allow me to be king. Yeah, you can be a you can be a Baron. That's more suitable to you. <laughs> wow. There's been some good kings, some noble kings in history. <laughs> He's right. There's never been a, a baron that was anything but a dick. <laughs> oh, man. So what was your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is actually a brand new number one as well. Uh, Citizen Jack number one from Sam Humphreys and Tommy Patterson. Uh, this is all about a, a guy who's really down on his luck, just this fat kind of redneck white dude. And he keeps watching the news and seeing these presidential debates and stuff. And he's like, man, these guys suck. Like, I could run the country better than them. And come to find out he has a demon who, like, lives in his world who, who talks to him all the time. He like, lives in his mirror, he lives in his closet, whatever, and kind of influences him and pushes him to make better decisions about his life. And he's like, eh, fuck you, demon, whatever. I'm doing what I want to <laughs> do. The demon's kind of cool. <laughs> he's a, nice a dick, demon. though. Yeah. <laughs> and the demon tells him, you know, if you really think you could do a better job running the country, do you want to be president? Because I'll make you president. And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just so, like that, yeah. So the demon is, is working his ass off to make this guy into the next president of the United States. Right. But... Nobody knows that he's being like manipulated, manipulated by this yeah. demonic <laughs> thing, huh. and you know it's not a, an amazingly stunning first issue, but it, it's a really interesting premise, and there's a lot of stuff that sets up for future issues that I'm really excited to see unfold. Doesn't the drawing look like a clone? Has yeah. resemblance to clones? I, I love the artwork. That was what I was just about to say. That I love the way the demon's drawn. Oh yeah, and he's always watching. Like even when uh, he's not at his house where the demon's normally housed, uh, he's out and about. You see like the shadows of the demon kind of following him. Like, it's really cool the way it's done. Like, you'll see, like, little imagery where the, the shadows are, like, being cast on the clouds where he's flying above watching the car or, like, when he's in a brightly lit room talking to people. You can kind of see, like, his shadow in the background and the demon shadow, like, kind of veering off of him Sweet. a little bit. Yeah. Even though the demon's not in the room. That's like, cool, yeah. So he kind of goes invisible or whatever, but uh, it's just, it's really cool. People are going to start to wonder, am I influencing you or are you influencing me since you picked the book with the demon and I didn't? Well, I picked a happy book. <laughs> I don't know if a, a book where children are getting their toys stolen is <laughs> happy, but the dude took drugs and made toys. Yeah. Dealing happy. with an asshole baron <laughs> it's... who takes rocks from kids. <laughs> but uh, it was but, still but, a happy but, book. But, There's no demon. This guy who's down on his luck and is a redneck idiot is going to become president. This is a, My book's more happy than yours. <laughs> yeah, he's got a demon pushing him. Mine's a success story. <laughs> a success story. The dude can't even sell snowblowers in Minnesota. Yeah, well... So he walks around in a bathrobe. He's still going to be president. So did the dude in the Big Lebowski. And look, look at that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So that was my pick of the week. Uh, James, I know you haven't been reading tons of new comics, but have you read anything recently you want to talk about? Did you well, even ask him if he could read? Come on. <laughs> I, I backed up to see or to take a look at Saga. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'd heard so many good things about Saga. It's great. Know? And... Yeah. I thought, well, I'll go take a look at it. So I did, and I picked up the first two trades. And, gosh, I was into page five when I was 
why haven't I read this sooner? You know, just, <laughs> yeah. this is amazing, you know, and it's just, it's so beautiful to look at, and the story just flows. The dialogue is just fantastic. It's it's believable dialogue. There isn't this, you know, five pages of just nothing but vengeance talk and all this other stuff. It's just, you know, it's 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 badass book. Lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lying cat. Oh, I awesome. need one of those. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I certainly don't. Um, yeah, so so I've read that. Uh, I caught up with the trades, and then I just don't have any time to really dedicate to read because I'm I'm busy drawing comics. Yeah, we hear that from know? a lot of creators. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks because you know what? I've been listening to y'all uh, the podcast for for a while here and there, and, and I hate listening to your top picks because every time I hear it, I'm like, I'm fucking missing out. You know, <laughs> you know. And uh, I just want to—I want to blow off work and just go and you know be a teenager again and hide myself in a comic shop and just spend all my lunch money and read. Be all you know? snappy now, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then I'm like, oh, I gotta feed my kids. <laughs> so what you need to do now is before we start. Uh, at the beginning, put like this message is for James Lawrence. You want to start the podcast at minute seventeen seventeen thirty six. Well, you do have a way you can put little notations. Wait a minute, he just called me an asshole. I'm a Baron. <laughs> yeah. We just discussed this. You're Baron Horst. Baron Snappy. Baron von Schmucks. Baron von Snappy. Von Snappy. That's so, cool. Yeah. So, you- so, so there's that, and then. Uh, I picked up Hush, like I told you. Okay. Miguel yeah. was giving me shit about because I picked it up from the public library. <laughs> uh, took my kid there yesterday, and I, I made her pay me back by checking out that book for me. Comics so, are comics, man. It doesn't matter where you get them. Uh, I picked it up, and I started looking at it yesterday. I posted a thing on my Facebook asking a question about uh, who people preferred more, uh, Jim Lee versus Joe Mad. right? Uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. Matarera. 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 Yeah. And the reason I did that was because... I think they've both had such a huge influence on today's creators. Mm-hmm. I see so much influence from Joe Mad and a lot of people, um, and the same thing with Jim Lee. So I thought, well, I wonder, you know, who people gravitate towards more, which got me to thinking, uh, what work did they do that defined their career thus far, right? And Hush came up, you know, in my mind, Hush, because I remember his drawings and the posters and the promos for all the Hush stuff, and I was like, speaking of which, I've never read Hush. So that's what that's what prompted me to pick that up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at his layouts, and I'm looking at all this uh, stuff that stuff that really influences an artist, yeah, you know. And it's just I've come to one conclusion, and that conclusion is I'll never be Jim Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I just very few people will. <laughs> it's just it's you know what the hell you know. Speaking of demons, which one did you make a deal with, you know, <laughs> to get to this point? Cause it's just. Good God, man. You know, you, you find very few people in life that are born to do the things that they do. And I think Jim Lee is one of those people that were born to do this, mm-hmm. you know. So, and, and Joe Matt, of course, he's, I used to hate his work. Really? Hated it. Hated it. When he, came, when he came on the scene way back in the day, in the 90s, I couldn't stand it. It, it, it was, he was bringing in uh, anime influences into, into Western comics, you know. And I was like, no, there must be a wall. You know, I was I was Howard Trump. You know, I mean, I, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> like, we gotta build a wall. Obviously, know? we know he's not voting for him. <laughs> we can't let those anime freaks onto our side. You know, and and so I hated him for that. You know, and then all of a sudden it just took off like wildfire. And it's just, you know, you've got all these guys that are doing the same thing, and I'm thinking, oh my, you know, my my childhood is burning. You know, uh, so anyway, I picked him up uh, uh, again. Uh, the Battle Chaser stuff, though, yeah. was fantastic yeah it is you know secretly i was like oh that's so gorgeous you know but (laughs) he must burn you know so anyway uh and then 
we moved on. Well, I moved on to other stuff, and, and, and life caught up with me for a little while, and I got back into comics. And I started noticing he was on Darkstalkers or Dark mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, right? Darkstalkers. Yeah, and uh, his work on there, and I was, wow, that's he's he's matured as an artist. Uh, maybe not his deadlines and that kind of thing or whatnot, but his work has really solidified itself. It's it's become something different, which I loved. And then I noticed him on a few issues of uh, some X Men recently, and, and and this, that, and the other. I'm in love with his work. I really am. I'm in love with his his panel design, his his character design, and all this other stuff. And it's just, I think his break into into the video game uh, world has really helped out his comic work. You know, I believe that. So, but for me, I I went with Jim Lee because nostalgia. I think more than anything, you know, more than his technical expertise and all this other stuff. I think it's just, it's the nostalgia. I was just saying, well, Jim Lee for me made comics come to life when I was a kid. You know. Um, and I and I answered that on on my Facebook, but I think as I look into it further, I really am gravitating towards the Joe Mad stuff because of the storytelling, the pacing, and so forth. So yeah. Anyway, I say cool. that today. Tomorrow, I'm gonna have a whole different answer. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm a finicky bitch. You know. Yeah, I was never exposed to too much Jim Lee stuff as a kid. I mean, I, I read you know X Men number one was the big yeah the big Jim Lee book that was the, my first real exposure to him that I can remember. But Joe Matt, I know I read a lot of his stuff back then, and he, he always kind of stuck with me as like being one of the way better artists of that era. Right. Uh, so I've always been a, a Matt Herrera fan, and Lee, I've grown to love as an adult, reading all these stories that I missed out on when they were coming out as a mm-hmm. kid. So I can see that it's definitely a hard choice, but personally for me, I mean, Matt Herrera did the first Deadpool miniseries. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that cinched the deal for you. Yeah. 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 I got you. So yeah, so I picked up the Hush book and I was looking at it yesterday and, and literally just looking through it, you know, just checking out his his uh, styles and, and what he's doing. And, and uh, he approached it in a very 90s way, a lot of splash pages, you know, a lot of cut in uh, panels and that kind of stuff, you know, um, which I'm not a fan of anymore. Back in the day, that was just, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing, you know, <laughs> and now I'm like, eh, you know, it's it's beautiful to look at, but it's not helping the, the flow of the story, I think, right. you know, so anyway. But yeah, that's where I'm at, really. And uh, I just haven't picked up anything new that I've read, aside from... And this is going to date how long ago I picked something up. Outcast. Okay. I got into Outcast uh, at first. And I got up to, like, issue four. And then Life, again. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder when issue five comes out, you know? You're, you're not really Eight months later, you know? You're not really missing anything. Outcast has been extremely slow. Has it really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's an interesting premise, and I think it's going to work a lot better as a TV series than it does as a comic. Uh, but... I think Outcast is going to be the exact opposite of Walking Dead. Like, I feel like the Walking Dead comics are so much better than the Walking Dead TV series, mm-hmm. but Outcast is going to be so much better as a TV series than it is as a comic. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they can't really figure out what they're doing, and they don't really have a defined path, and, like, there's no actual plan set in motion for what the two main guys are doing. They're just kind of going to, oh, we found another person that might be possessed. Let's go talk to him. Yeah. And then I'll touch him, and then something weird will happen. And then... Is that a good touch or a bad touch? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it depends on which side you're on. <laughs> And then they go back home and they talk about it, and then some demon goes and, and you know harasses the priest. Yeah. And then the next day they wake up and do it again. I mean, it's it's the same thing week after week, and it's not it's not going anywhere. It feels like right, which is kind of the unfortunate thing because I thought Outcast had a really good premise, and you know maybe they'll turn it around. I'm still going to pick it up. I'm still going to read it. I just don't feel like it's moving very quickly. Well, you just saved me money. Yeah. <laughs> Trades. Yeah. So there goes that. Hey, I got something to sell if you want. <laughs> I don't want anything of what you're selling. <laughs> I've seen it. It looks used. Whoa. 
We got us another looker. <laughs> well, our audience might not be familiar with you, James. I'm, I'm sure they're probably not, actually. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and how you got started in art and what comic series you might have coming up soon? Okay. Uh, well, my name is James Linares, a local artist from Houston. Uh, grew up in Pasadena. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> Pasadena, get down, Dina. Yeah. Pasadena, Texas. Yeah, Pasadena, Texas, yeah. Got into art, I guess, you know, like a lot of artists, I, I've always dabbled. Um but I never really took it seriously until 10th grade in high school uh, when somebody out of nowhere said, hey, you should totally draw comic books. You know? And back then, I was drawing party flyers and lowrider art and you know, graffiti and that kind of stuff. You know? I was just put the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, well, I never really did graffiti on walls. I did graffiti on, on paper and, and coming up with designs and this, that, and the other. And then I just gravitated into comic books. I was like, well, I, you know, comic books like Donald Duck and stuff like that? You know? They're like, no, stupid. You know? <laughs> and then uh, my friends, uh, I had moved into this new neighborhood, and they just opened up a whole new world to me of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, and uh, Doctor Who and Star Trek and comic books and all this other stuff. I was like, what have I been doing with my life up to this point? You know, I have, I just, I felt like I'd come home. I understand that feeling. Yeah. And it just, it just took off for me, man. And then I was obsessed for the next five or eight years, somewhere in between there. And then I, I, uh, well, I decided to go ahead and, and, and work for that career, right. To become a comic book artist specifically. And back then, this is, I'm talking about 92, 93. Back then, when you said that to somebody, they didn't really get it. You know, they didn't understand it, what, what the hell you were talking about. And I, and I would tell them, man, I just, I want to draw comics. And again, I would be hit with, like, Donald Duck and, you know, that kind of shit. No, stupid. <laughs> then it was me telling them, you know, no, stupid. Um, so there was that. And it just, I got a lot of pushback uh, from a lot of different people in my life at that time. You know, to grow up and to do something, to find a real career and that kind of thing. But quite honestly, I had realized that I wanted to be an artist of some sort. That's that's where my passion laid. Um, I had to be involved in creating and, and whatnot. And unfortunately, 90% of, of creators aren't uh, financially successful. Uh, but the ones that are, you know, they blow up, that kind of thing. So you kind of shoot for the moon. And uh, like all kids, you think, well, I'm going to be a millionaire. No problem, you know. And then your 30s hit and you're like, well, I'll settle for a couple hundred bucks in my bank account, you know. <laughs> And uh, and so forth. So it just I gravitated towards graphic design. Uh, didn't pick up a pencil for about twelve years, you know, aside from just doodling logos and that kind of thing. And and that was that. And then uh, I got out of graphic design because I, I did a complete career shift and went into law enforcement. And then uh, from law enforcement, I I met a guy. Uh, I wasn't arresting him or anything. I just it was just some guy. Uh, <laughs> he was drawing at a at a at a table in a restaurant. I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. You know, I used to draw. Yeah, what do you draw? And we got to talking, you know, and then uh, that sparked my interest to go back and, and go into my mom's uh, little shed that she has in the back of her house and look for my old sketchbooks. And I opened them and I hadn't seen these things in years, you know, and I was like, son of a bitch. I wasn't too bad, you know. I mean, I wasn't the greatest, but I wasn't too bad, you know. I think I'll, I'll pick it up again. And then uh, I did. I got back into art, but I got into art, I didn't come back into comic book art. Okay. And there is a difference. You yeah, know? definitely. There, there's a huge difference. So I started doing some art shows around town, and I realized that I'm not an artist in that sense. I'm not, this is rage, this is anger, this is sadness. I, I, I can't put my emotion into it. I want to see wizards, you know, with electricity coming out of their hands, fighting a dragon, you know, and that kind of thing. I want to draw badass ninjas fighting Wolverine, you know, and that kind of demons stuff. Demons manipulating yeah. barons. I want to draw demons. Come on. <laughs> 
you know, but yeah, seriously, that's what I want to draw. That's what, that's what I gravitate towards. And I remember uh, people saying, man, why don't you, why don't you paint flowers and shit? Like, cause I don't give a fuck about a flower, you know, like, you know, why would I want to paint a flower? You can see a flower, just go to the store and you see a flower. You know, I want to draw shit. You don't know. It doesn't exist. I want to, that's what I want to draw. So then I started getting back into comics and it took about two or three years of knocking off all the rust, you know, and it was just frustrating as hell. Just over and over and over, so many pages. Just I used to be, I used to be a contender, you know. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it, it took a while to get back into the swing of things, and then I did. Uh, and then I met some people uh, at conventions, and they were, you know, hey, you should do this, you should do that, and whatever. And I thought I think I can handle this. I think I'll try it. And then I jumped in the convention scene, you know. And, and then that's when things just hit the ground running for me all of a sudden. That first convention was Comic Palooza about two years ago. And I ended up walking out of Comic Palooza. It was a successful show for me, uh, as any venture in the art world had ever been for me. That was just, you know, I felt like, oh my God, people like my shit. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. And then I think that's where that, we first that, met. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I think that's where we first met. Well, I walked away meeting all these really cool people, and I walked away with three job offers from that one convention. I was like, Son of a bitch, you know, and, it's awesome. and yeah, and it's just been that way since, thankfully, and I've just been plugging away at it, you know, commissions and, and uh, work and, and that kind of thing. Uh, got picked up by a company called Blue Inferno. Uh, they offered me a, a, a job uh, penciling one of their upcoming titles called Deities. So I said, yeah, you know, I'll take a stab at it and whatnot. My, my very first venture into panel work, right, into penciling somebody's book was with uh, Mental Diversions. Um, it's a, another local company. I got into it because I knew a guy who knew a guy, right? My best friend was working with this guy writing stories. And they had this one-shot story. And I, th it was, I think it was maybe eight pages long, I think. And we got into that. We did that. And I didn't see it in print for about two years, two or three years. Uh -huh. You know, I, I recently saw it in print this past, this past year, this year. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen this in forever or whatever. You know, I looked at it and I was like... Jesus Christ, what the hell was I thinking? You know? <laughs> what, have, what have I done? You know, I've, I've soiled my name. You know? I actually signed my name to this crap. You know? And the story was great, but it's just the artwork that I was putting out at that time was just horrendous. You know? I thought, oh, why would I? What, what? I'm sure it wasn't that bad. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was, it was bad. Everybody's their uh, own worst critic. And then and that got me to thinking, well, son of a bitch, what am I doing now? You know? So I started comparing notes with the stuff that I'm putting out now, and then I started kind of... Uh, I'm one of the artists that is always thinking, what is my next evolution? Where am I going to go with this? I don't want to be so organic that I don't control which direction I'm going in. I have to know where I'm going, you know, and, and that drives a lot of people crazy because I'm that guy. I have to know. I, there has to be a plan. We may not stick to the goddamn plan, mm -hmm. but there was a plan, <laughs> you know. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Um, I, I'm always trying to re redefine, or not redefine, but refine, rather, uh, my style and, and so forth and so on. And I hear a lot of people tell me, uh, well, don't get so caught up in, do in, in having a style. Just, just do what you do, you know, and, and be organic and, and, and fluctuate and whatnot. And that's, that's, that's cool. That's, good. that's a good way to look at it. But the more I think about it, it doesn't work for me. You know, I, I want to be defined. I want, to, I want people, when they see my art, say, that's Lennar's work. Yeah. You know, that's, that's this work. Because when you see uh, Silvestri, his artwork, you're like, that's Silvestri art, you yeah. know? And back in the day, you couldn't really tell too much of a difference between Silvestri versus Jim Lee until you got really down into the, into the nut cutting of it and, and looked at it. I actually think that's really important 
to have your own style because that way your work stands out and it exactly. becomes more memorable. Exactly. I mean, like Miguel, one of Miguel's absolute favorite artists is Ben Templesmith. Oh, yeah, yeah. And nobody does artwork like Ben Templesmith. Absolutely. When you see something, you know it's Ben Templesmith. Right. One of my favorite artists is Matteo Scalera. Oh, dude, Scalera is one of my, yeah. You see Scalera stuff and you know it's him. Yeah. Nobody else does what he does. Absolutely. So I think it's really important to find your own style and, and make that a priority. Anybody that tells you not to, you know, you can't just be a cookie cutter artist that does what everybody else does. Exactly. Exactly. You know, those those guys are a dime a dozen. You want to stand out. Right. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find that. And when I was working, well, I've been working on deities. Uh, we have uh, an inker who's not an inker. Uh, he he he's like the co-owner of the company, that kind of thing, and he okay. does some inking work. Um, so when I sent my first few pages out to them to get inked. It was a lot of cross hatching, a lot of hatching, a lot of you know, uh, sub- very subtle shadings and that kind of thing. And I realized that it wasn't translating well for the inker that I had, so I had to shift. I had to change my style a little bit into more of a cell shading kind of thing, you know, where it's just very defined areas of shading and, and just a few tick marks of feathering and that kind of thing. And I think that's going to work a lot better. Okay. But in doing so, because I'm doing so many pages and so many of those panels. It's starting to affect my my regular work, you know, right. my, my commission work and that kind of thing. So I'm just, I feel like I'm just this blob, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> not just physically, but just <laughs> mentally. I feel like I'm this blob that's just kind of, you know, just out there, and it's just, what are we doing today? I don't know. What do you want to do? You know, well, you're just trying to find the mold to fit yourself yeah, into. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's fun, but at the same time, it's frustrating, you know. So. So I've got that uh, coming up, the, the Deities book. Uh, I'm working on that. We've got four issues that we're going to put out. Uh, I'm working on issue two. I'm in the middle of issue two right now. It's been slow going, but these guys that I'm working with are, are fantastic. They're they're really cool, really laid back, and very supportive. Um, I don't know. It's just I couldn't ask for a better people to work with. Yeah. You know, they're super, super cool. That's important. It's very important, but at the same time, I know that I'm the type of person that needs strict structure to keep going, mm-hmm. you know? Um I had a lunch meeting with uh, with my best friend that I was just talking about, uh, Damon Jackson. We sat down and we've 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 been playing with this idea for our own comic for years. Uh, we finally sat down and, and and started knocking out some of the some of the details right uh, over lunch. And then I realized I've become that guy that I that I need that editor that you know because Damon is very organic in his thought process and he's just you know flying off the cuff and this that and the other and I'm just. Okay, but no. Okay, we need to get back to to point one. Point one was, and he's like, "No, nah, man, just chill. Let's just go with it." No, 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 no. We need to stay on point one. You know. So, how does that relationship work? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was noticing that earlier, the dynamic between you two guys, and you got Baron von Schmutz over here. <laughs> <laughs> Baron von Schmutz. <laughs> that is not canon. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, so we're working on on that kind of stuff, and it's it's cool. It's great. It's fun. Um, and, but I'm I'm definitely a lot older. I can tell that I'm I'm approaching this in a in a in a very systematic way. And we got to get this done. It's got to be pushed out. We, okay, what's step one? Step one is this. Step two is this. You know. Yeah. And uh, with Damon, he's on board for that, and he understands that. But he's he's also helping me keep that creative flow going. You know. And 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 hey, don't stress too much. Just chill. Have fun with it. You know. I'm like I am having fun. You know? <laughs> You know, and I recognize that about myself, you know, and I appreciate Damon's ability to, to keep the child in me alive, you know, and just, you know, have fun with it, you know. So there's that going. Uh, and there's another project that I'm working on. Well, um, we're in the in the inception of it, but I can't really discuss it. With Mike uh, Martin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did he tell you? 
Well, we talked a little bit about it. I mean, how did you guys meet? Did you meet through us? Uh, I'm, I heard about his story, uh, Blood and Dust, right? Yeah, that's right. Wait for book two, Blood and Lust. <laughs> no, he <laughs> The Baron strikes again. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Baron's boner. <laughs> Sorry, I just, great book. <laughs> I just popped in my head. Whoa. <laughs> okay, so right. so I heard I, I heard the podcast with him in it, and when he was discussing the book, uh, I looked it up online, and it looked great. You know, it looked fantastic. The art's beautiful. The story sounded great, uh, and I wanted to know more about it. Uh, so I sent him an email. Uh, hey, we're we're gonna get a this book and th- this, that, and the other. And that's where it started, you know? And uh, I think at the time he was literally going to a convention that weekend. So I'm sure he was busy doing other stuff and whatnot. Uh, and he sent me a message back and, and we, we talked about it and it was great. Uh, and that was that, that was, that was really all of it, you know? And that was months ago, Yeah. you know? And then uh, I was drawing this, uh, this commission for somebody. It was uh, Thor versus Hercules is a, is a black and white piece. And I was posting progress pics, you know, on my Facebook. And uh, then he sent me a message, and we just started talking. You know, he's like, hey, what's your schedule look like, this, that, and the other? You know, I see that you're a fan of Punisher, which I am. I love Punisher, you know, without going into detail. But, yeah, so we just got going from there. And uh, and saying anything about the Punisher is really nothing about the premise of the story. It's just that was kind of the spark of the conversation. And then we've just been talking back and forth here and there, you know. But he's he's working on some other projects right now also. Uh, so that's taking the bulk of his time and I'm working on other stuff too, you know, right. and we both have, have understood that about it. But as soon as we kind of clear some of this stuff up off our tables, this is the, the next thing we want to tackle. That's awesome. So, yeah. Sweet. You know, we love the blood and dust guys yeah. and, and, I, and all the BS I'm giving you here today, you know, I'm just, you know, cracking your balls or whatever, you know, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> very much schmucky. It's, it's you. It's you. <laughs> I love you for it. Now, uh, since the day we met you. I was impressed by what you do. I was impressed by you as a person. You're the kind of guy, you're approachable, you're a nice person, so uh, very easy to talk to. And I'm glad you're doing books. And when does this deities drop, actually? Did we know? Well, we were, <laughs> we were supposed to drop this year, <laughs> and then just one thing led to another, and it didn't happen. Uh, we're looking at maybe next year to drop the first two issues uh, and then keep working on the third and fourth. Uh, there's been some, some toss back and forth between uh, how they're doing it. All I'm doing is just the, the, the pencils, right? okay. of course, and, and that's as far as my, my work goes. Um, on the financial side of things, on the, on the actual business side of things, I don't know what is happening back there. Uh, I don't ask you know, because I don't want to intrude. You, right. know, this is, this, you hired me to be the, your penciler, and that's what I'm going to be, you know, your penciler. Um, now, of course, if they ask, you know, hey, can you do this, do that, and whatever. Uh, there was talk about Kickstarter uh, at one point, and he had asked me how I felt about Kickstarter, and I was – if you ask me something, I'm going to be honest about yeah. it, you know, uh-huh. and, and I never try to hurt anybody's feelings, but you ask, you know, and I don't like Kickstarter uh, anymore because I think it, it, everybody does the Kickstarter thing. Everybody and it's gotten to the point where honestly, if I see Kickstarter on my Facebook, I just, I just scroll past it. It's just, man, I've already, I've dumped money into people's stuff already, you know, and, and it's like, I got, I got bills to pay, you know, I got this to do, I got that to do and whatever. And there's so many out there, yeah. you know, and it's hard now. It's become hard to distinguish yourself of which project is worth back. Well, not, not worth backing because, you know, if it speaks to you, it speaks to you, right. you know, but it's just, it almost needs, <laughs> it almost needs a MySpace glitter font on it just to capture my, my attention so I can, hey, well, what's this going on? You know? Well, I think it has to have somebody that's already kind of established in one way or another pushing it. Yeah. To yeah. be successful. Right. Like we have a lot of people that come on the show that do Kickstarters, mm-hmm. like Seek in particular. 
is a good example, but I mean, he's already kind of developed a following as somebody who puts out successful Kickstarters and really knows how to make it work and really just understands the creator owned kind of process. And you know, like his most recent one, uh, King of Neverland. Yeah. Peter Pan book. <laughs> uh, it was like 500% funded. Holy mackerel. When it closed out just the other day. I mean, and wow. we promoted that on Twitter and stuff too. Uh, but I yeah. backed it. Yeah, I mean, don't make fun of me. <laughs> Back in Kickstarter, we've also, had, we've also had guys on like uh, Benjamin Krieger, who's a little less known, whose book was really cool. Yeah, just he didn't have anybody in behind him, him pushing right. it, and it didn't quite get there. But he's yeah. going to come back again next year. Yeah, and I and and you know, I say this not to not to take away from anybody that's wanting to do the Kickstarter. I think it's a fantastic resource, and I'm I'm grateful that it's available because it go, it it gives creators another venue to help get that story out. And that's that's the ultimate goal, is to get your story out there. But for me, personally, it's just I don't want to go that route because I think we're just going to be another face in the crowd. And like you just said, right. if you don't have an actual big name following, you're pushing you. Like uh, Joe Mad just had that thing for the Battle Chasers. Yeah. I don't know what it was. But I, I, I saw it and I was like, well, that's interesting. So I clicked on it, opened it, and it was already funded. Yeah. You know, I was like, what the hell? It just came out like two days ago. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like 2000% yeah, it, it, like funded, you know, I was yeah. like, what the hell? You know, so I just don't want to get lost in the sea of faces, right? you know, so instead of it's worrying, easy to do. it is easy to do. So instead of worrying, oh my God, I'm only 30% funded and I've got four days. Come on guys. You know, that kind of thing. Nah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go old school with, with my stuff. You know, uh, me and Damon, we've already discussed and we're putting back money. We've already looked at printers. We're already talking to other publishers who have done the, the self-publishing thing of what it takes and, you know, the ISBN numbers and you can, buy, I didn't know this, you can buy ISBN numbers in bulk, you know, huh. of 10 or a hundred and that kind of thing, you know, and, and I learned that from, uh, from the guys over at Metal Diversions, uh, cause they've been doing it, you know, they, they, they don't use a Kickstarter or anything. They just, they just push the books at themselves. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's, there's ways to get your stuff out there, you know? Um, you could uh, talk to some of our friends. Uh, you could talk to Omar Spahi. He's the guy over at Awesome Comics. It's his company. He could probably tell you some stuff as well. Yeah. They yeah. put their stuff up. And have you ever tried sending your stuff to Oni? Uh, no, no. I haven't done anything like that. Um, well, again, I'm still working on, on other people's properties. Uh -huh. You know, So our our project, mine and Damon's project, uh, which we still don't even have an actual title for it. You know, we, We've been calling it two or three different names. We have like five different backup, uh, well, rather origin stories for our characters, and it's just. Uh, Does it have a Baron in it? It is now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a funny, a funny thing that you should say that because, <laughs> uh, not so much the Baron thing, but yes, uh, I'll explain this. Uh, when we first started the idea for the book, I think I told you this earlier. We had forty something characters, you know, and all these characters are based off of people we actually knew, and just kind of expanded on the idea of who they are, right? But it. We were talking about this the other day, he and I, when we were having lunch, and I said, you know, I, th I really think we need to cut back on all these characters and, and separate this from our group of friends that we have because I'm getting Facebook messages of, hey, I want my character to be this, that, and the other. Well, I want my character to be this, that, and the other, you know, and it's getting to that where as a creator, you have to take control and say, no, look, guys, this is, this is our story. We're putting this out, and this is what's going to happen. Crap, there goes my no, no, no. I want us to be in there and get killed viciously. <laughs> you just might end up somehow like that because I did bring that up to, to Damon. I said, well, there's nothing saying that we can't throw them in the book and then just have them be a part of the world. Well, our goal know? is to die in as many comics as possible. Consider so. yourselves dead. <laughs> We're supposed to die eventually in Morning Glories. I mean, he's in there already. I'm supposed to appear soon. Uh, he's a fat security guard with a beard. It's pretty damn funny. Nice, nice. That's cool. <laughs> our good friend Joe Eisman. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, you know it, it's it's um, it's a lot of fun creating, 
you know, and, and going that route. But I know that sooner or later we're going to go into the dark cloud of the business side, you know, and thankfully I've run my own business for a few years. So I have some uh, understanding of what it takes to get to the end product. So hopefully that experience will kick in for me once we get to that point in our venture. Cool. Uh, but I don't have a date for you. I don't know. That's fine. You know. Well, you I'm know, sure, I'm sure we'll find out when it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, I've come to realize that it, it it takes a village to you know to do this, uh, and it really does. You know, yeah. if you if you and and this is going out to all the creators out there. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about putting out your own book and whatnot, don't do it by yourself. You won't be able to do it by yourself, really. Um, sure, you can. You know, but believe me, the, the, the journey is much more enjoyable if you include other people and take some advice and, and get off the high horse. You know, this is my baby. Hey, hey get know. off me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you high? Yeah, you just, <laughs> that horse just looks high. That's like, I'm not touching that horse, you know, so. You know. Snuff the cleese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, as a creator, just, man, make connections with people because in the end, it is about relationships. Stop you know? collaborating listen. Nice. Okay, Vanilla yeah, Ice. Exactly. No, yeah. And you've just listened to James Linares on Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, and not to bust balls because no, uh, we uh, we're nice to everybody we meet. Mm -hmm. You know, because we know you guys are working for your living, and this until is until you, you do. get to know them. They yeah, and we're like we shit yeah. all over you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're one of our favorites. I appreciate you, that. You you will want us over from day one, and we will do everything we can to help you out. Thank you very much. Uh, promote you. I mean, you're extremely talented and extremely good guy. Uh, I'm hoping to see you out there with some of the big names we we've been lucky enough to talk to over the years, and then when you get out there, you know uh, those guys were a piece of crap. I'm <laughs> forgetting little guys when well, you make it big. You know, I, I when I talk to my wife and I tell her about you know because uh, there there there's the there's the there's the things you got to do to to move forward in your own life, you know, and then there's there's the things that you want to do, you know, and and being in comics is something I want to do. Um, it doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't. You know, but it, but it's something that she is actually uh, she pushes me. She really does. She pushes me, and she and she supports me. And she may not understand it all the time, but man, when it really opened my eyes was when I came back from uh, one of the meetings when I was with Damon, and we were talking about the book. Um, and she started firing questions to me. She's like, "Well, what about this? What about that? Well, how are you going to do this if this guy over here is doing this?" And it was just like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we're doing that because you Let know. Get a pen. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And then I started firing stuff back to her, and then she started firing more stuff, and and that was to me, it'll be one of those memories where on your deathbed or, or at the moment of your death, it'll flash in your mind. You know, those last thoughts that really matter to your life, and that to me was the most supportive and loving thing she could have ever done, aside from giving me my kids and stuff like that. You know, but just it it showed that she was she was she was in the ride with me. Yeah. You know, and she also keeps me grounded. Yeah. You know, she's like, hey, we got this bill coming up. We got this bill coming up and we got to get this done, you know, and so forth. So having a support system is, is God. I mean, I, you guys know, I just came in and met your wife and, you know, and yeah. you guys, I mean, she's so cool. And just to let you have this amazing studio, you know, it's just, it's, it, it means a lot, you know, it really, really does. So don't take your support staff for granted ever. You know, again, another moment brought to you by Jay Lenaris. Lifetime. I don't love you. You're not my sports staff. If anything, you're cutting my legs out from underneath me. <laughs> no, my sports staff. My, I understand exactly what you're saying. Can't do a lot of stuff without a great woman behind you. Yeah. And with all my or medical. Or a great man. Okay, that's true. All right, all you right. Know, we'll, that's we'll where I was staff. going with it. But it didn't work that <laughs> just a great support Jeez. staff. Fine. You know? oh, 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 now <laughs> we're fixing to get all the... Oh, oh, oh. This is my support staff. <laughs> <laughs> it holds me up. My name is Tripod. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I don't know why I'd be without my wife right now. Yeah. I really don't. With all the stuff that went down with me the last couple of years and everything else, I don't know why I'd be. Yeah, thank goodness. And then this fat blob over here, uh, <laughs> it's my boy. He was looking at me when he said that. Just <laughs> like, Wait a minute. We just met. <laughs> yeah. So. Thanks, brother. I don't know. Well, if it wasn't for you pushing me into this, wouldn't be here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. <laughs> well, on that note, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. Tell me a funny story. And uh, Miguel, you got to go first. And I know this is a continuation of our journey from last episode. Back to the Future Part Two. Two. <laughs> I'm not doing three. <laughs> you know, three was better than two. Arguable. What? Come on. <laughs> two was a piece of crap. Anyway, all right. So yeah, hate mail for that one. I know I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Back to the Future. I watch them all every time they come on. Now all right. Now let's... you're backpedaling. Yes, I am. <laughs> backpedal into the future. Yeah, crawl, crawl over here. Look at him. Very much smucky here. I didn't know you were so agile. <laughs> I ain't right, seen right, nothing yet. Snappy. Let's hear some stories. Okay. Well, let's go back to uh, when I was a young religious. We're going to be all religious today now, huh? So young religious man, I was an altar boy. Yes, right. Yes, I was an altar boy in that man's church. That explains the love of demons. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read the wrong things in churches, what you're telling me. <laughs> I followed the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, I was a young man when I first started being an altar boy. The priest took a liking to me. <laughs> in a good way, you sick bastards. So many jokes. So many jokes. <laughs> he was a very influential person in my life. Uh, strong man, old school priest. He was old school. Um, and he was a good guy. We had our, we had our moments where he called me a dirty Mexican and I called him a piece of crap. <laughs> but you know, love hate relationship, but he was a good man. And I, and I, I miss him to this day. Uh, anyway, so he made me an altar boy like two years before I was supposed to be. So I was special in that way. And so I got to carry the cross. And it was really cool carrying this big old metal thing with a big old cross. It was iron. This thing, <laughs> this thing like no plastic that they got now, the little big one, little crucifix you carry. No, no, no. It's a big long one. And so we're walking through the church, and first of all, the robe is like, I had to get like the smallest altar boy robe you could possibly find, because that was a short little midget thing. Anyway, so I'm wearing up there, and I almost trip, uh, because it, I guess it was wrong. I almost fell down with the cross. So that would have been embarrassing. But uh, I go up there, and my mom is so proud of me. And so I go up, do the thing, and, you know, my priest is old school. I tell you, hey, get away, you're not supposed to be <laughs> yelling at you in the middle of service. Don't get, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> that's not what you're supposed to do. I totally yeah. thought you were going to a Catholic place. You didn't tell me it was Baptist. No, this is Catholic. I'm a priest Catholic boy. He don't mess around. I yell at you. That's not right. He'll do it in the middle of the church. Really? Oh, yeah. He was old school, man. And then people loved him for it anyway. Wow. <laughs> so I go to put the cross, and uh, so it's high. Mm -hmm. So I, it's like leaning like 45, 55, 60, 70. I'm losing it. Yeah. <laughs> and then so the priest is like, go help him. <laughs> so the kid that carries the book sits the book down and runs over there real quick to help me. And I get back up there. I almost dropped the cross in church. Jeez. And it would have fell Jesus face down because the way it was, I because you turn it when you walk in, Jesus is facing toward the wall, and when you turn when you put it on the stand, you turn it so Jesus is facing the people. So I turned it around so it was leaning this way, so Jesus was coming at me. <laughs> Come at me, bro! <laughs> so if I dropped Jesus, that would have been bad. Uh, my mom was like, "Don't drop!" I could hear it in the back of my head. Don't drop it! Don't drop it! Don't drop it! <laughs> so uh, it was kind of funny, and I'm like the shortest little Mexican boy. First of all. The only Mexican in that church. Mm -hmm. There was another Mexican family eventually came, but I was the first Mexican altar boy there. It's all white. My church is completely white, and so I was the only. You look at the you look at the thing and you see the big priest, like six foot two. 
Then you see the altar boys are all really tall, and then you got me. <laughs> and as soon, then, as, you, as soon as you said somebody six foot two, that's how you knew it wasn't a Mexican church. <laughs> exactly. But they were like, we need somebody to lift this heavy ass thing. Get the Mexican. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then, <laughs> so like, eventually. We're going to do, and I got to ring the bells, and I'm pretty good at ringing those little bells whenever you do the you're raising the chalice and everything else. So then it comes time for communion. And I think I knew my priest knew I was going to wind up doing it. I jumped up there real quick to do it because I want to do it. Because you, you hold the little, you hold the little but handle, and you put it here, and you put the underneath people's chin so they don't drop it. Or if they come up with their hands crossing, they put it, you put it underneath it so they don't drop the host. So I'm up there, and then like, I think the very first person, <laughs> this is really bad, it was a guy. And uh, I depth perception, I guess gauging is not very good as a young as man. You hit the cupped laptop. him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. That's what I did. I you took the, him. I went oh, the, up there and I necked him. Oh, <laughs> I necked him okay. in the. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, not so close to the throat. <laughs> My priest yelled at me. He's like, pull it back. You don't have to be that. You don't have to be all up in there. <laughs> that was like he kind of he didn't tell me in a mean way. He told me not so close. So I I, had, I was kind of like. A little bit careful, and then he would move my hand up a little if I was too far away. So that was a learning experience because I just rehearsed trying, like the day before. You're trying to kill the guy. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Assassin of God. So I almost <laughs> dropped Jesus. Almost, well, almost fell down. Almost dropped Jesus. Necked the guy. Necked the woman. And then almost clanged somebody with Jesus as I walked out. Is the this church. the first day? This is the first day. Good God, man. Yeah. No pun intended, but just. <laughs> Good hey, eventually I would become head altar boy of this church. Uh, and everything else, and would go doing everything else. So that was when I first started. I was like back when I was five or six. How long did it take you to become head altar boy? I was head altar boy when I was a sophomore junior high school. Which was how many years? Who? Well, it took a while? Yeah, from kindergarten on up. Oh, wow. For, for, wow. Well, for, yeah, from then all the way up to whatever high school. 11 or 12 years? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Jeez. There was a lot of us. My friend from North Carolina, he was head altar boy first. Mm -hmm. And so I was with him. And I wound up learning from him, and we did everything. As a matter of fact, I got to the point where I did all the special masses. Me and my boy would go with him and the priest in the car because he had two churches. He did the one in our town and the one down the street, which was about a good 20 minutes. So he'd drive back and forth. So we'd hop in the priest mobile, and we'd go with him. The priest mobile. That's what we called it. We called it the priest mobile. Not as cool as a Pope mobile, but it's up there. It's a priest mobile. It was a, it was a white cutlass whatever it was but anyway he Only would drive the doors are bulletproof the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> no but as as we, as we got older you got to drive the priest mobile oh wow so as you got older did you have age, a costume did you have theme music no not theme music there was no music we prayed you prayed on the way up there theme you, chants no 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 no, no good glory monks it was the rosary oh okay. <laughs> he's probably the priest praying that we don't kill him <laughs> on the way up there <laughs> But it was also cool. Wait, wait, wait. This is the perfect time to bring up the growing chance as George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We were at work one day, and he starts trying to sing Gregorian chants, but it sounds like George of the Jungle. <laughs> He's like, oh, 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 Because oh, oh. <laughs> I was playing Enigma. I was like, yeah, this is what you need. You know, the Enigma sadness oh, yeah, part yeah, one. Yeah. But anyway, so... Okay, well, I'm going too far to that story. The funny story was me almost destroying Jesus and the no, church. The, the funny part is how, how much this priest actually trusted you. You nearly killed Jesus mm -hmm. for a third time, mm -hmm. right, or second time, and then you almost kill two other people in his congregation, mm -hmm. right? And then he lets you drive the car. Uh, eventually. Eventually, yeah, sure, eventually, but still, I mean, My I mean like, that little Mexican kid can't do shit right. Oh, I eventually did. I, watched, I was the guy to put the lights on the cross on top of the church. I was the guy that would go with the seat. I go cutting the palms. Uh, I would go. Uh, you were the lawn man. That's <laughs> what you were. No, no, you no. were the maintenance and lawn care no, guy. No, that was the whole altar boy group. That's what we all were. Uh huh. That's what they told you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was always me, my boy, my other two guys. Like Come I said, on, it was man. it was always it's always six or seven of us, you all know, of us together. We we're all together. You never cut anybody's grass for free, homie. No, he paid me when I cut the grass. Oh. 
I did cut the grass for the church. <laughs> he had a ride along with but he paid me. Man. That's he, dedication. I, he, he paid well, though. That's dedication. He paid me well. That's dedication. I'm the only, I probably shouldn't say this, but me and the other altar boy, my buddy, we were the only two altar boys that ever did the special masses, you know, the Holy Week, you know, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Sunday. Right. He would pay us for both masses. We'd walk out of there. He'd write a check. The treasurer would write us a check. We'd have a check for $350. Per for, kid? For me and him. Just me and him. For you both. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Well, but yeah, we'd actually get a check for that. And we'd like, no, 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 no. Uh, we even one time we tried to donate it back. Because we don't know. We're not doing this for that. And he goes, no, take it. That's for all the stuff you've done for me over the years, helping us out and everything else. Hell, we used to go over to his house because the, the priest's house is right by the church. And I'd live only a few feet away from him, like around the corner. i go to his house and just hang out with him and drink Dr. Pepper. And he'd always have Oreo cookies. And so I'd just sit there talking, talking about it. He was a good man. That's uh, cool. Probably one of the best men I've ever met in my entire life. And, uh, you know, so yeah, he trusted me enough to make me an altar boy and, uh, you know, I owe a lot to him from that. But uh, I was not the lawn man, damn you. <laughs> well, I eventually became the lawn man, but I was getting paid for the lawn. All right, let's go forward now. Still in the church. So now I'm about 16. And my boy, I mean, being altar boys, you know, it's special mass. And you know in special mass, you have to have the incense, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're out there trying to do this incense. And uh, so we get the little charcoals in the fire, you know, then, then you put them in there and you put them in a the little pot, put it down and you put the rocks on it to make it smoke. Uh, Pot, rocks. Well, you smoke. know, it's a little, little little thing. You pick up the little thing Somebody like that. Church right here. Burn the church down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's getting there. Hang on. So we all had our own robes by then. We all had spe- me and my boy. We had our special robes because we were really nice and bought new ones. And so we had the cool ones. We had the red robes when it's a high mass. That's when you have the incense going. So we we're doing something. I, I I wasn't paying attention to what I, what I did, and I actually set my boy's robe on fire. So he had some burnt Holy spots in his God. arms. So, yeah, he goes, oh, my gosh, he got little holes. He goes, it's okay, we can cover up, it's good. What the hell? <laughs> it was by mistake because the, the sparks came up, and so it kind of burnt holes in his thing. <laughs> so it's like, that's embarrassing, but it's I'm all, never, it's a, it's I'm all never, good. I'm never, ever inviting you over. To start a barbecue. For anything. For, <laughs> for, for, for mass at my house. We don't have mass. <laughs> so that, that, you know, that happened. And uh, so then we went to do the, the mass, and we did something, and our goal our main goal was we always wanted to make sure that the incense, charcoal, the charcoals, and the incense always lasted the entire mass. So the incense would always be smoking, and it'd be smoking. We wanted to smoke the church out. That was our goal. We always wanted to make sure it was so strong you couldn't see people. And our priests could do a full service, a full mass, regular mass in thirty minutes. We would take people here in Rosenberg an hour, or people in Houston uh, an hour to do a regular mass. He could do it in thirty, and he would not skip anything. He he would like, amen. It was like that's why people like going to our church. Anyway, so high mass, he could do the same thing, too. It would go fast. It would be under an hour. So uh, we always wanted to make sure the coals would last. Right. And so we did. We put an extra one one time. It's like the same day. We had an extra one going, and that's probably why I wound up setting this thing on fire, kind of. So we had three in there, and we put that sucker in there. Boy, that sucker was smoking. Jesus. We had people in the pews behind us, like, <coughs> <coughs> and then people there, <coughs> It was, it was bad. Seriously, you had like the fog in the church. It was great. I was like, my my <laughs> priest yelling, like, what did y'all do in there? How did you put in there? What do you got going in here? Need to go take that to the back and clean it out. This darn mess. Damn. It was foggy, dude. It was great. You should have got some laser lights going. That right, good. I know. <laughs> Pink Floyd <No>. mass. <laughs> but it was great. Oh, man, we had people coughing. People came out. The incenses were they. How was that great? You had people. It was awesome. We were coughing too, but we got used. To, it got so bad that it got used to it. That was just a smoke screen for your your gospel. <laughs> yeah. like, like what JD was talking about on the Nthcast episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see me. This makes it so much better. <laughs> so yeah, so that was the church. So that was my two church stories. But I'm going forward because it was like last week I had three. So this is my third one. 
So we flash forward all the way to today. Okay. Here comes the snappy. So I go into one of these taco places, which is Justin doesn't like or doesn't approve because it's in a gas station. Oh, no, dude, best tacos ever. That's what I'm telling you. Food. I don't trust. I was a truck food. driver, bro. I- <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Mexicans eat from the gar- <laughs> from the gas stations. So I go in there, and they're good tacos, and they're cheap. Mm-hmm. That's, that's two good things: cheap and good. If it's over a dollar nineteen, you're paying too much. That's right, ninety nine cents. Yep. Damn good price. Anyway, with cheese, a dollar nineteen. See, he knows. I don't eat cheese. Oh. So, but you know what? Not not to take you off your story, but real quick, I've always had a, a bitch about this because when you buy something that comes with cheese, the price of the cheese is already calculated into the final price of the product, correct? Uh-huh. But when I ask them to take off that cheese, they don't subtract that No, price. they don't. <laughs> I still have to pay full price. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you sons of bitches, I'm saving you money <laughs> by letting you keep your cheese and then you can pass it on to some other schmuck that wants the cheese. Where's my discount? No, it's not that way at all. It's just, you know. Anyway. James being snappy. No, that always pissed me off. Cheese prices, <laughs> damn it. The cheese police yeah. is coming for you. All right, so go on. Go on. So, you're so anyway, so I go in there and order my tacos, and I see the lady. She's making her tacos. She's making four tacos, so somebody already ordered before me. So I'm standing there because I'm next in line. And then the other lady's there, and she's doing something like, okay, are you going to take my order? But she's messing with the tacos. I said, okay, patience is before I came here. Patience. She's going to, you know, let this her make her order. This, this is today. Go- this is, yeah, today. Okay. She's going to make my tacos. Patience. I'm waiting. She holds a taco and the woman slams the, the food in her taco in her hand. And so they're like playing. I'm like, hmm, okay. And I'm watching her. She just tells me, gives me the uh, hold on, you know, you'll be okay. So I'm watching. I'm like, okay, when are you going to ask me? I've already been standing here for five minutes. When the hell are you going to take my order? Uh-huh. All I want is two tacos. I'm, not, I'm just thinking, I'm okay. I'll, I'm, I'm good. I'm in a good mood. So then the guy comes behind me. And the woman making the four tacos tells the other woman, take the order. She doesn't go to me. She goes to the guy behind me. I was like, oh, no, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? You see me standing here for 20 minutes and you're going to go behind? Exaggeration. Right. You're going to go behind to the guy behind me? And the woman was like, no, no. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I was like, I'm fucking. I said, are you serious? I took my freaking. I go to another gas station. <laughs> I did say that, actually. So I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm standing here and you're going to go around me? She goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, man. Screw you and your damn freaking stupid tacos. You I'll be dumb back ass. tomorrow. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say what I said after that because it might be offensive. But anyway, so as I'm walking out, the cash register looks like me and the black guy checking out, the young black guy checking out. He's laughing because he hears my tires. I said, you need to get better people to know what the hell they're doing and send these dumb asses where the hell they came from. <laughs> Stupid asses. They don't know how to fucking make a taco or how to so who's in line first? Oh, oh, oh. Then maybe you need to learn how to. I was pissed off. Goddamn Canadians. No, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I left. I was pissed off. I spun out the gas tank. I was mad. And she was still saying, I'm sorry. I was like. I love this bitch, and I'm out. <laughs> so I, I walked out, and the, guy, the, the black young black man was laughing. He was cracking up because I was doing, I threw a good tirade. So I get in the car, and I'm driving down this way, and I go to the one exact same type of gas station. You did go to a different gas yes, station. Yes, I did. Yeah, there you go. Because there's three of them in this town. Okay. So I went to the one closest by his house. Uh, I went in there, and this one I usually stop by when I go to work. So I went in there, and I was like, okay, man. And the woman is the woman checking, excuse me, there's three of them. Woman making the tacos, and the woman outside, and she's writing paper. And I think she's working, but I don't know what she's doing. So they're joking. I'm like, oh, hell no. We're going to start this shit here, too? <laughs> Are we gonna, I'm going to get screwed up. She goes, oh, I'm sir. They probably sir. called him ahead of time. Hey, if this crazy little Mexican dude comes in. <laughs> little. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm sitting there. So I look at her. She goes, oh, sir, let me get your order. I was just fixing this real quick. So she handed that paper. Oh, good. I said, this, this, and this. Oh, I said, one more question. Can I talk to your manager or can I talk to somebody who knows who you I can talk to? You are not that guy. Yes, I am that fucking oh guy. Oh, my God. He's that guy. I'm that fucking guy. 
So I will get your ass. Don't I will burn your behind when I get a chance. I will go the extra fucking mile. I will look shit up on the internet, drive my ass to fucking Beaumont if I have to, and get your ass. Holy shit! I I hold a, a grudge. <laughs> don't fuck with my food. That's the first mistake. So so anyway, so the, take him anywhere, James. Oh my god! So then, so the 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 manager comes in. Who she's not from here. She is. Uh, I think she has uh, an African accent. I can't really. It was kind of hard to understand her a little bit, but she was really nice. She goes, "Sir, what's the matter?" But I said, "I went to the other gas station, and uh, this is what happened." And I said, "I just, I said, you know, fuck y'all. I can't." I was. She's like, she's like trying to give me calm. And I was like, "No, they pissed me off." I walked out like, "Here's the Elevens." I'm like, "Take this, take that." And so she was laughing, but she's like, it's "Okay, sir, it's all right. I'm very sorry. I will call over there and I'll find out, and I'll get it taken care of for you." So you know what? Thank you so much. I appreciate. It. That's all I needed. It was ridiculous. And I, I should know I should never go there. I'm never going to go to that location again. I'm going to come here because this is where I go when I go into work. I stop here when I can. So you guys never really did me wrong here. So I'm not going to go to that store ever again. What made you go to the other one? It was closer. Oh. Okay. It was going to be easier for me to go there. Convenient. And you should have learned. I went two weeks ago, three weeks ago before I got flooded to go there. And I went up waiting 30 minutes for my tacos. That's when I was late that one time. I told you I got stuck there. Uh, and I told him about that story too. I said there was only six, there was five of four of us there. And we all ordered a small amount of tacos, and these people are so stupid that they took forever, and people were getting pissed. Some guy left. He'd ordered, and he'd left, and the other guys were just mean. We're just waiting. I mean, I was not in a big rush. I was okay. So anyway, she goes, okay. And so I said, your fountain drinks are working or not? She goes, yes. I went and got my drink. She goes, don't worry, sir. I'm going to take care of you. Since you such, had such a bad experience, I, will get, I got your tacos for you. I said, you know what? I said, you don't have to. I can pay for my tacos. I just wanted to, you know. No, 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 no. You had a bad experience. I'll take care of it. I'll pay for your tacos, and I'm going to take care of the situation. Over there. I will call for you and try to get that handled. Thank you very much. I said, I have to pay for my drink, and so I paid for my drink, and I got me the candy, and I walked out. I was happy. So I was like, okay. So there's your little snappy there. <laughs> damn. Yes, I'm that guy. I'm also the guy he's, that yelled at the pizza dude. He's definitely that guy. Anyhow, well, those were, those were pretty funny. I don't know if they were as funny as last week, but. Well, I was going to tell you one more. I'll add on another food story for you. Okay. So I went to Luby's, and uh, so we're, you know, back in the day when Luby's was cheaper, you could take a family of four and eat for $20. So we went in Luby's one time, and I'm getting my food, and the guy, uh, I'll take some mashed potatoes. And so he kind of, like, looks around the corner, looks down at me, and looks at me. Uh, okay. So he gives me a scoop, and he gives me another scoop and another scoop. I'm like, what the, what the hell? I got, like, three scoops of mashed potatoes, and everybody else got one. Because he looked at my fat ass. He looked under the glass, see how fat I was, and gave me another two scoops. Like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, who are you calling a fat ass? Nobody that guy got a tip. Yeah. <laughs> he was a tip at Luby's back That's in the day. Funny. He still got a tip. He still got a tip. <laughs> he gave me three scoops of He's mashed potatoes. Order. How am I going to come back and tip that guy? Here, go. Here's $20 for, for extra scoops of mashed potatoes. You should have done something, man. He hooked you up. Yeah. My bad. Back in the day, what I didn't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to James. I'm sure you have a funny story for us as well. Yeah, I was on my way over here, and I was thinking about what I'm going to say that has nothing to do with alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the funny things that have happened to me in my life are are alcohol-based. But I do have this one. Okay, so about a year or two after I got my divorce, I was working over in the West Chase District. And I'm driving from Pasadena to work. And I'm going up. uh, There's the 288 where it converges to 59, and then you take 59 South. right? Right. So that little Y connection right there, right? I'm driving up, and I look over. I'm blaring music. It's just, you know, another day at work or whatever, going to work. I look over, and there's this absolutely drop-dead gorgeous redhead in this car. Uh, and she's merging from, from her direction. And I see her, and she looks over, and she sees me, and we're, we're, we're neck and neck. You know, so it's going to be, you know, who's going to go first, that kind of thing, right? So you were necking. Okay. We were necking without <laughs> necking. Yeah. So I look over, and she looks over at me, and she smiles. And, and I waved at her, you know, and then she, she went ahead in front of me. Does your wife so, listen to the show? 
she does listen to it. <laughs> so that's why you're getting the rated G version. Oh, okay. Then we had a cup of coffee. <laughs> and that was that. So anyway, so so she's in front of me and I pull up around and I'm just I'm I'm not even thinking about flirting with the girl. I'm just thinking about going to work and watching for traffic, you know. And then as I'm pulling up next to her, I hear beep beep, you know, so I look over and she's looking at me and she's she yells, Thank you. You know, and I was like, Oh, no problem. That was that, right? So then that's when the flirting kind of started, right? So now all of a sudden I've got this this Clark Griswold action going, <laughs> yeah. right? And it, it, it I wasn't trying to, to well, I couldn't pay too much attention to her because I'm watching. Please tell me she didn't get run over by a dumpster. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh wow. That would have been horrible, right? That's not funny at all. So uh no, I noticed that she's got a kid in the back seat, right? Which is not a deal breaker for me. It's you know, I have kids and, and whatnot, so it's all good. But I just can't believe uh so we're kind of flirting back and forth, you know, smiling and, and whatever, right? And playing that little card tag, you know, she speeds up, I speed up, you know, that kind of thing, right? And I can't believe this is happening. I'm waiting for punked, you know, I'm waiting for Ashton Kusher to, to, to jump out and, you know, whatever, because that kind of stuff doesn't happen to me, you know? And uh, finally she gets off, and when she's getting off, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a chance. I'm either going to look like a stalker, or I'm going to look like that guy that, you know, just wants to get to know her, that kind of thing, right? So I get off, and I follow her. She took, she takes a little U-turn underneath the 59. She comes back around. She gets on this one road, and I'm still following her. She pulls into this daycare, and she gets out. So I pull up right next to her, right? And I'm thinking, okay, now I look like a really creepy guy, right? <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. She's either going to mace me, you know, or this could be the story we tell our grandchildren. You know, I don't know. So she gets out of the car, and she's, like I, like I said, she's just gorgeous, you know? Not the kind of girl that, that, that would even consider talking to me. So she smiles, and she comes over to my car. And she's leaning in the passenger side window. And, and I'm talking to her. I was like, hey, how you doing? She goes, good. And we started, you know, chit-chatting or whatever. So I ended up getting her phone number, and I said, I'll call you this weekend. Maybe we could have some dinner. Yes, that's fine. Okay, so that's that, right? Man, I was on cloud nine all day long. I went, and I told my boss. My boss was super cool. Uh, and uh, I was actually late because of meeting this girl. I said, I know I'm late, but look, man, I got this girl's phone number, this, that, and the other, and whatever. He's like, oh, that's awesome, you know, and whatnot. He knew the whole ordeal I had gone through with my ex-wife and whatnot. He's like, fantastic, good job. What I didn't tell you was that at the time, I had also my commission from the from the state of Texas for my peace officer license, right? I, I was in the process of becoming a police officer in another uh, city. So... I'm doing that. I'm doing this day job thing, and I've got this date with this beautiful redhead. So Saturday night comes around, right? And this is the time we had made our plans and whatnot. We were going to meet at this restaurant, and then that way we could just, if things didn't work out, we could just go our separate ways, right? Which is what I always did, because I didn't want to be in that awkward car ride with somebody, yeah. you know? So we met at the restaurant, and again, she's just, she's decked to the nines, and I just, I'm in love with, with, with her with her beauty, Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sit down, and we start talking, we start conversing, we're laughing, and it's going great, and I'm still not believing that this is happening. And, uh, and she says, so, so uh, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, what I do, and I, and I told her, you know, I was a graphic designer, this, that, and the other. She's like, oh, that's so awesome. So you're into art and stuff. We started talking about that. I was like, yes. And then she knew some artists, and this, that, and the other. And, it was, just, and then I, uh, it, was, it was fantastic, right? And then I said, uh, I said I'm also uh, actually trying to shift careers and become a police officer. And she, she goes, oh. Like a like a cop, and I said, yeah, like a cop, you know, a real cop. She goes, like a real cop. Well, what other kind of cop is there, you know? She goes, oh, I said, what do you, what's do you not like cops? Because you know you run across that, you know, people don't like police officers. And I said, do you not like cops? Do you have a thing with cops? And she goes, no, I love a man in uniform, but it's just uh, 
well, I, did, I, I just don't know. And I said, what do you, what's, what's the problem? What's going on? She looks at me without even warning. She says, I work in a massage parlor. And I said, well, that's great. <laughs> me thinking, <laughs> me thinking, you know, because I'm going to get sore. I'm, you know, I'm going to be on the job. I'm going to be doing this. I was like, that's great. You can give me massages. And she says, I work in a massage parlor. And she looks at me with this, like, she's talking to a little kid. And I was like, I heard you. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking she's being sarcastic. So I'm like, I heard you. I love and she, and she, she looks at me. She puts her fork down. And I'll never forget this because she puts her fork down. She looks at me. And she cocks her head like you're talking to a puppy. You know, she goes, <laughs> you don't get it, do you? And I was like, you work in a massage parlor. Oh, my God. You're a hooker. <laughs> you're a hooker. What was going on, too? Out and she, I love them so much. She, I said, you're a hooker. And she goes, no, I work in a massage parlor. And I said, do you charge for sex? And I, and I realized I'm in, I'm in public, you know. I was like, do you charge for sex? She goes, no, they're gifts. I was like, all right. <laughs> Here I am trying to be a cop, having dinner with this gorgeous redhead who I thought was going to be the mother of my children. And you're happy you drove your own car. And I'm very happy. <laughs> On the way home, I was like, I love you, car. I'm so, you know, just, Thank God I'm by myself right now because this went, you know, it just went awry. So, yeah, so I called my best friend. I told him. Now my best friend works. Uh, at a massage parlor? No, close, close. He works at, at a gentleman's club. And he's been there for years, right? And uh, so he, he knows all about that kind of stuff, right? And he's like, I said, uh, I said, and she was a freaking hooker. He goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the, for, the, for the punch. I was like, dude, I'm trying to be a cop. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, like cops don't have hooker friends come on i was like fuck you're right shit <laughs> it was too late yeah i tried you know i was like no it's done we're we're moving on so yeah i'll never forget the time i had a date with the hooker and i didn't know she was a hooker you know <laughs> hooker. Yeah. you all told a story about dating a massage therapist once <laughs> did you ask for a happy ending you did i think what <laughs> Look, hold on hold on hold on <laughs> <laughs> How did this come back on me? Oh, you knew it was going to. We're not talking about <laughs> the this. The minute you said massage parlor, you're like, fuck, I hope Justin doesn't bring that up. <laughs> I saw it on your face. I saw him cut his eyes at you, and you were like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Now, this, that has to be cut. <laughs> you need to cut. You're cutting this too, right? <laughs> no, I'll stay there. Oh, hell, I ain't say nothing then. I'm, I'm quiet. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's awesome. I was between wives, and I wound up dating a, a young lady who worked, who was a massage therapist. I didn't know it. And I found out a little bit later, and uh, <laughs> he makes fun of me because, uh, yeah. Uh, how, wait a minute. How do you not know it? Because I never asked her what she did for a living. At all? Like, the hell did I care? I was between marriage. I was divorced and having so you were fun. Just, you were just having fun with her, and then you were just like, hey, what do you do for a living? Well, no, no, because I was having fun. This? Was having fun. No, <laughs> one day. Nice. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, Okay, see, there's a difference between your massage therapist and the one I dated. <laughs> His evasion. <laughs> no, mine actually had the table in the house. Oh. So it's like really like a healing hands type back kind of bullshit thing. See, that's what they, they keep on giving me shit for. <laughs> she was an actual massage therapist. Oh, she was an therapist. actual massage therapist. Yeah, see, oh. that's what the shit they give me. See, yeah, <laughs> see mine was not a hooker, <laughs> even though they but make it, that it's, joke all the time. pretty funny to bring that it up, is, though. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, an Asian Catholic. Go figure. Asian Catholic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a nice lady, but it just I I watch MASH. No, but it was a nice lady, but she was a little too weird, too. We're already at an um, hour and 20 minutes. 28 minutes. <laughs> Rocking and rolling. 
I'm gonna have to cut stuff down already, but uh, we may skip a minute to win it just because. Thank God. Oh no! Hell no! We're gonna do it for the hundredth episode, anyways, with Heather. I wanted to throw. No. I wanted to throw. I will. Yeah, at least give him one. Let's see how well Come he can on. do it. No. Do a little minute to win it with James. Just one. One from you, and one from me. See how well he does. I got a perfect word for him. <laughs> well, let's just let me just start at him and see if you like it, and you'll keep it if you want it or not. What What do you want to give? Him? Your word of the day is manscaping. I'm out <laughs> with scissors. <laughs> I'm out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little Mexican altar for this for me. No! What the hell? <laughs> oh, that's staying in, isn't it? Cool. That's staying in. No, you dick. That's <laughs> no, cool. That's cool. I pay him. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's pretty funny. Oh, my goodness. He, nope. too, uses lots of incense. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hooker. Oh man, is that what they mean? the episode? Well, uh, we will definitely be returning to minute to win it in the hundredth episode. Okay, although we're going to skip it this time. That's fine. We just need to let James get his love, you know, from the people. They need to know more about this guy. Yeah, apparently but, uh, the cops need to know more about this guy. <laughs> we'll move on to uh, this week's comics, movie, and TV news. All right. So, what do you want to talk about first, Miguel? TV. TV's fine. Okay. Uh, so Supergirl casting. Let's get these out of the way first. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Come on! How many times are you gonna do this? Well, they keep casting people. What do you want me to do? Oh God! Only episode two came out this past week. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> All right. So Tony Cypress from Heroes has apparently been cast as an anti-alien senator named Miranda Crane. Okay. And uh, Emma Caulfield, who was from Buffy, has been cast as DEO agent Cameron Chase. So okay. Those are the two big casting announcements for Supergirl this week. Mm, that don't mean nothing to me. <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah, we definitely couldn't do a Supergirl cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could have. What were we talking about last week? I'm taking her down. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't do it weekly. <laughs> I'd say I'd say news like this, and you'd be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Are work. you not into the Supergirl thing? Oh, it's good. We liked it. Yeah. We were just making a joke about doing the second show, and we're going to be doing Supergirl. Oh. Okay. And we don't know enough. <laughs> That'd be bad. Did you see how she looked in the tights? He's so, uh, he's so unenthusiastic about news about it that it would never work. It's because like every week is like we cast somebody else for Supergirl. Like Jesus, this is before it even came out. They already like thirty newscasts. We got thirty people casted on the show. Like it hasn't even come out yet, and it's already out. And they're still casting more people. Yeah. Well, then let, let's shift to movies then. We well, there's still a little bit more TV. Uh, Mark Guggenheim, who's the executive producer for Arrow and Flash and okay. all the CW's like superhero shows, mm-hmm. uh, he talked about the Constantine appearance, which we had Constantine on this past episode. It was pretty cool. Hell yes. But he said that it's going to be a one-shot thing, and we're not going to see him again for oh, a while. Oh, man. Piece of shit. It's because uh, the guy who's playing Constantine, uh, he's he's in a play right now. Okay. And it was actually incredibly hard for them even to schedule to have him come on for those, those scenes that he was in. So for the foreseeable future, it's not going to work where they're going to be able to have him as a recurring character. Damn. But, it could happen again in the future, just not anytime soon. I think they probably are because if you, well, I know you didn't see it. I don't want to ruin it for him. But he made mention they talked about dark. Yeah, and he told Errol what to do about it. You know, don't leave. get me wrong. I'm not that guy that gets pissed off at spoilers. I don't give a damn because I'm still going to watch it. Yeah, it doesn't ruin it for me. I'm like, okay. did you ever watch Constantine on NBC? I watched it when it first started, the first two episodes, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved the show, and then they canceled great. it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell happened? But yeah, he showed up on Arrow. Yeah, I I read about it. I re- when I finished the Arrow, mm-hmm. the, the the seasons, I read the the next. Well, I, I saw the next episode for season four, and then I read about the the seasons uh, the episodes that have happened, and I knew that Constantine was coming out there with the whole the dark thing you just talked about. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I was like, yes, John Constantine. <laughs> did, you hear about, did you hear about what he did with the feather? Supposedly, I saw it on Facebook. No. 
Supposedly, yeah, he's he he ba- he scratched his back with a peacock feather. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like a, like a little in the show, yeah. gouge at a at NBC for mm-hmm. that. So that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right, so uh, moving on, uh, the Magia, who are like the Marvel equivalent of the Mob. Okay, uh, they're going to be appearing in Agent Carter season two. So we're going to see the introduction of the Marvel Mob, quote unquote. Okay, uh, Ken Marino is going to be the head. And he's been cast as leader Joseph Manfredi, who's also known as Blackwing in the comics. Okay. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, there's been some really interesting Magia stories lately. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the tracking down Silvermane's head. Yeah. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. So uh, I can see some fun stuff happening with that. And On I Agent see, Carter, huh? Starting with Agent Carter, but I can imagine it spreading out to the wider universe, TV universe at least. That's a cool place to pick it off with. I yeah. like Agent Carter. I do too. So that's it for TV. All right. Uh, what do you want to do next? Movies you or said comics? comics? No, I said movies. Oh, I, movies, movies, movies. Sex. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any sex news it's oh. just you two oh, nice. <laughs> alright so movies uh, we saw the first images this week of Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and Chiwetel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo good try it's a good try right yeah, yeah, it's a good try. <laughs> I know that guy who's that guy um, he was on Lost that's right okay yeah I know who he is yeah. Now. Yeah, he actually looks pretty good as Baron Mordo and, Baron Mordo uh, there you go another asshole yeah. See, Baron. Come on. <laughs> when well, no, I get to my, my, my break in the movies. I call this episode Baron Hooker. Baron Hooker. <laughs> Baron Von Hooker. Uh, but yeah, uh, Cumberbatch actually looks really, really good as Doctor Strange. Like, I didn't imagine he would look as good as he does. I told you, man, Cumberbatch is a pretty awesome dude. I had, I had a good feeling about him from Sherlock. Yeah. You know, when he would wear the shirt, the, 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 the trench coat, whatever, and he'd pop up the collar. I was like, I could see that being the 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 Doctor Strange look, you know. So I liked. I became more of a fan of his when I watched him do uh, when he's in Star Trek. Yeah, I, I thought it was like, wow, that's pretty good. Huh? Yeah. I liked him as Smog. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Again, did oh, you see the video? Did you see the video where they were doing the the motion capture for him? No. Oh my God, you've got to see this. It's it's on YouTube somewhere, and it's just him, and they're doing the motion capture, and he's talking in in the Smog voice, and his body mechanics, the way he's moving, you forget that he's supposed to be a dragon and you you just start thinking of this crazy son of a bitch is on the ground <laughs> talking some shit you know it's like man it's it it just really shows you the power of his ability to transport himself into a character you know? wow like, check dude's, it out dude's got stuff. skills man it's i told you stuff, i believe yeah. he wasn't my first choice for the role but uh, after seeing the way he looks now that he's grown his beard out and the facial hair and everything he he looks pretty good well you know i'm not a doctor strange kind of guy but he might you're a strange kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the one with all the boys doing <laughs> All right. Uh, we also got a new Star Wars Force Awakens trailer this week from Japan. Although J.J. Abrams did say that there was going to be no more footage coming out after the last U.S. trailer. Still some new footage huh. overseas. Did you see it? No. Uh, it's, it's like a whole another 20-something seconds of, of stuff. Oh, 20 seconds. It's, you could see oh. Kylo, you could see Kylo Ren in action. There's actually like a pretty cool scene where he's uh, attacking the girl and he like swings the lightsaber down and stops like right here. Like the blade stops like 3 inches from her face. And uh, she turns around, she's like like looking at the lightsaber like <gasps> and it's got a different sound. Yeah. It does it doesn't have the sound. It's got like a crackling noise to it. Yeah. You know, like like a Oh, it didn't it didn't go pika pika. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You said it's in Japan. Oh, Pokemon, okay. hello. <laughs> you gotta live with this guy. That's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, uh, been very racist there. But it's pretty cool if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, also, something people may not have seen Ryan Reynolds put out a video 
of himself dressed up as Deadpool going out with a bunch of kids for Halloween. How did he not get arrested? Uh, I honestly don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know where he got those kids or how he got them to participate or what their parents said about it, but it's a bunch of little kids dressed up as X-Men and him in his full actual movie costume of Deadpool. Being Deadpool. Being a dick and making fun of the kids. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. Baron yeah. Von Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on, man. You know those kids got paid. Maybe. No, those kids got paid. And Candy? No, they got paid cash. They didn't look like professional actors. They no, looked like just some random kids. They, just they got. random kids yeah. they found that were wearing costumes. Yeah, I know, but he did all that crap. Come on, he was shaking that one kid. You know he, they paid those people. Maybe. Or or just a lot of waivers. Yeah, a lot yeah. of waivers decided to use them. And parents were like, hey, my kid was in the with Deadpool guy. You yeah. know, hey, it's a break. It's going to be a star. <laughs> my kid was the one that was getting shaken. <laughs> <laughs> my kid was the Cyclops kid. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that a Ray-Ban? Yeah, yeah Ray-Ban. 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 <laughs> That's pretty funny. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet and you're a Deadpool fan, I'd recommend checking it out. It's it's worth a laugh or two. Well, we talked about it in the office. Ryan Reynolds was made for Deadpool. Oh, he was absolutely. born for Deadpool. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Better Deadpool than Hal Jordan. <laughs> I got to talk about it already. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> moving on. Speaking about Star Wars Force Awakens, um, several theaters, including AMC and Cinemark, have banned bringing lightsabers, blasters, masks, all that kind of stuff to the opening night. So uh, you may want to check with your theater if you're planning on going in costume to make sure those things are allowed. How the hell am I supposed to cosplay? Paint your face. There you go. <laughs> going to walk in with a lightsaber and everything. Come on. You can't do it. Now I'm just going to wear the, the metal bikini now. There you can't go. Sl- Sleeve Leia. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll be that for you, James. I'll go to Chewbacca and you be Slave Leia. <laughs> you can't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> I think you could pull off Slave Leia. Garza. Don't pull anything off. Don't pull anything off. <laughs> Come on, James. I want to make a video. For Negative. You <laughs> uh, so just check with your theater. See if that stuff's allowed if you're planning on going to the opening night. Uh, comics. Uh, Marvel announced they're releasing a 56-page Star Wars sampler one-shot free on December 9th at all shops, theaters, and other promotional events uh, promoting the movie. Free! So, What's it going to cover? Like just history, uh, lore, that kind of thing? I think it's going to just cover the comics that are out right now. Kind of little like snippets of oh, all the Star Wars sampler. books. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sampler kind of book. Gotcha. But I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, if you don't go get it, it'll be worth something later. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. But there'll be lines of nerds. Yeah. That's okay. We Our comic shop will take care of us. Let's ride. Well, I mean, the Star Wars series are all fantastic right now. The Leia one's probably the weakest one, and it's still pretty good. Uh, so if you haven't read Star Wars this is, and you're interested in it, go check this out and you can kind of see what it's all about. And uh, maybe it'll inspire you to go and check out the comics because they are really damn good. Yeah, the Star Wars are really good. We pick them all up. Lando, Chewbacca, Leia, Shattered. What's that other one? Shattered, uh, Shattered Empire. That's my favorite because that's the one telling us the, the connection bringing you to the movie is amazing. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah, I can't get enough the of the gap it. between Return and uh, Force Awakens. Oh, cool. Oh, it's so, so good. It's pretty good. to pick that up. All right. Pretty good. Um... Back to some news we talked about last week. Uh, Jeff Johns has been announced as returning to Aquaman in 2016. <laughs> you know about this, right? No. People bitched and complained uh-huh. about the man, Cullen Bunn, what he was doing on Aquaman. So much that he quit. Really? He, he did his five books and he left. He just they didn't like his direction. They didn't like how he was doing it. They didn't like anything about it. Wow. Because he, he has unique takes on things and he tries to like you know, push the boundaries and change characters and... Uh, I'm, I didn't even read what he did with Aquaman. I mean, I'd like to now that I know that he's leaving the book, um, but I can only imagine that he made positive changes and people just didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, oh, Aquaman sucks anyway. <laughs> Merman's gonna have his own book. There you go. I want you to write a book on Merman. 
and drawing me with muscles everywhere. <laughs> muscles? And, and Taylor right next to me. Snails. <laughs> you said muscles. Yeah. I hate Aquaman. <laughs> really? <laughs> Aqua horse. Aqua horse? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. That's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, well. It is what it is. I won't be picking it up. Um, Marvel announced that uh, Miles Morales' new Spider-Man book is going to be coming out in February of 2016. So people were expecting and waiting on that one. Now we actually know when. That's supposed to be like a while ago, huh? Well, yeah. They, they were supposed to come out with all the other all-new, all-difference like yeah. starting in December. Uh, but I got pushed back to February, so at least huh. now we know when. It's a good thing, because making Spider-Man's pretty good, but freaking Spider-Man 29 is kicking ass, so it probably would have gotten forgotten. It would have gotten lost in the shuffle. I, I just picked I up that, that. Uh, that Spider-Man the 2099, the new one, with the yeah. new costume. Holy crap, that thing is awesome. It's great, right? It's beautiful. He just doesn't like the Spider-Gwen influence. He hates the pink. I, I don't I don't mind it. It's just <laughs> that the new Spider-Man 2099 costume is basically the same color scheme as, as, the as Gwen's, yeah. which I disagree with, but... We've talked about that enough, I think. <laughs> Why did you hear, say your one line again? <laughs> Wrestling's gay, and I love it. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> uh, and then the very last piece of news is that Marvel's February variants are all going to be done by Michael Cho. Uh, he's doing 25 titles. They're a very cool, unique kind of style for the variant covers. I actually really like the way they look. Have you, have you looked at them? Mm-mm. I'll have to show them to you after the show. Uh, pretty cool. Hey, did you see the variant of the... Uh, not very. I forgot who, where it was on Facebook. Somebody did the Joker Batgirl thing, but they did it with Cesar Romero's Joker. <laughs> it was yeah. freaking hilarious. Like that is that's funny as hell. Hey, well, let me add in a little section of news now. This is for my wrestling buddies, for my wrestling fans. Wrestling news: Seth Rollins is no longer the WWE Heavyweight Champion. He tore his ACL, his MCL, and his meniscus uh, in Ireland uh, during a match. So he will. They are no longer. He's no longer going to be the champion. And so they're going to have a a in the Survivor Series. They're going to have a tournament. To see who's going to be the new WWE champion. So that's for my wrestling boys over at the nth cast and wasted for the show and Steve Orlando and a bunch of other guys who love wrestling as much as I do because it's not gay. It's awesome. <laughs> Moving on. Back to the real part of the show. <laughs> None of that mattered. Hey! Uh, I want to remind everybody there's a couple ways you can support the show. Number one, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash comical podcast. Go out there and support us if you can. I mean, even a dollar a month would help us quite a bit. We have server costs. You know, we, we host the show on two different sites, so it really is $30 a month that I'm paying to, to maintain the show. Why you got to say it like that? Why you got to be calling me out? I saw how you looked at me that I'm paying. <laughs> when was the last time you paid for anything? I pay for it by bringing my excellent... Uh-huh. <laughs> Not to mention all the comics we buy every week and all the other things we're planning, like the tattoos, which we're doing next week, which I'm excited for. Hey, James, I need to borrow $60. What? <laughs> I need to borrow sixty dollars. <laughs> like I said, what? <laughs> he, well, you do, well, you he, the, he gets to pick your tattoo. Well, that was the thing. I meant to get in touch hey. with you like a couple weeks ago, and I forgot. And actually, when you were supposed to come on the show, I was going to ask you then. You weren't here. You weren't here either. <laughs> <laughs> then it works out. <laughs> no, I was going to try to get you to draw me a merman, uh, just a, like a head sketch if you had time. Like yeah. so, that would be my tattoo. So I had to say, to James, that's what I, you're going to get. Yeah, merman. I was going to have a James Lenar's tattoo on my back. Talk I'm to doing, me after doing, the show. We'll I'm talk doing Beastman. He's doing merman. We'll talk about that. And we'll put a little jail underneath it so you can say you, no, you no, winked no, me. No, <laughs> don't do that. Just get the. Get the work. You know what? I have so many people that have asked me for tattoo designs that I've done. Uh huh. Can you guess how many of those tattoos have actually been done? I'm gonna helpfully say at least one. Zero. Oh my god. Uh, None of them. That's crappy. Well, yeah. I'm the guy. They're like, they're like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. This is exactly what I wanted. I'm gonna get it next week. Never. What a bunch of shit. Yeah. That's not me. Well, I'm gonna make him. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I'm getting tattoos. Okay, I, I have my tattoos. I'm not worried about it. Tattoo okay. something I do. Where are you gonna tattoo it at? <laughs> right here. Oh, okay. Back. Oh, the girl spot. This is a girl spot. 
Yeah. That's where girls get the little butterflies and the little quotations. That's where he's putting his. No, I'm putting mine on my shoulder. Right oh, here. I already have, I already have you two already things do. on here. What I told you you need to do the comical tramp stamp. Go on. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I can't put it here. I work in an office. I can't. I can't have to wear long sleeves. I don't like that shit. Oh. I'm too hot. I'm Mexican. Inside the bicep? If That's going to hurt shit, man. Yeah, put them on your belly. Yeah. <laughs> I talked about <laughs> mouth. Make them up. I talked about getting comical podcast tattooed on my schlong. <laughs> I think you need to shorten the word. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if it just says calm, nobody's doing it. Nice. Fucking assholes. That does it. Both of y'all getting owls. You're getting owl dough for Christmas. So, anyways, patreon.com slash comical podcast if you want to support the show and get great jokes like the ones we were just giving you. Uh, we really appreciate any support. Uh, alternatively, you can go to also go to cafepress.com and buy all kinds of comical podcast merchandise. We have t shirts, mouse pads, keychains. Uh, we're actually talking about adding a new shirt that says "Don't get snappy." Uh, I think that'd be really funny. Yep. Uh, and if you don't want to deal with all the hassle of Patreon and setting up an account or whatever, you can also just donate directly through PayPal. Uh, PayPal me at comicalpodcast at gmail dot com. Anything you guys can give, we really really appreciate it. Uh, also, our hundredth episode is next week. Can you Yay! believe it's already here? I think I tore my meniscus. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's 100, awesome. 100 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. What the hell? That's a lot of bullshit, too. We have not missed a single week. Think exactly. About that. Think about that. No, we did miss one week. Well. We, we took a break. We took a break. Yeah. Because we had too much going on with the families and too much. It was really bad. And so we took a break. But you figured in all the extra episodes we did for all the cons. We well. <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually well over 100. We're like 106 or something. If you figure in all the con episodes. Jeez, man. Probably so, even more than that. That's He's, dedication. That is dedication. I kept them locked in a dungeon. I couldn't get away. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, for our 100th episode, we're we're doing a thing, Q&A, also commentary. If anybody has anything they want to write to us, comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Ask us questions. You know, if you want to find out more about Miguel's hooker story. I was going to make a comment. They were going to run it. It was not a hooker. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, we'll be happy to answer them live on the show. We'll also be... Happy to read any thoughts you may have on the show. Uh, anything you like, anything you want us to change, anything we can do to make you guys happier moving forward. Uh, Heather's going to sit in with us for the 100th episode, so uh, we got a lot planned. She makes a return? She makes a return. It's going to be a long one. It's probably going to be about two hours, so <laughs> you guys be ready for that. Out of dolphin love. And uh, <laughs> Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. Uh, we can find us at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. On Twitter, I am at comicalpodcast. I'm at comicalpodcast, too. Instagram is the same. If you'd like to follow James, you can find him at www.lenartist.com, L-I-N-A-R-T-I-S-T.com. And all the other links are there for my Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing. Cool. All right. Well, that's pretty much it, guys. So, uh, James, you want to close this out? Uh-oh. Put on the spot. You don't remember the closing? Keep on rubbing. Something about bitches. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to change it. Keep on rubbing, bitches. (laughs) Keep on laughing, bitches. Keep on laughing, bitches. Perfect. (laughs) 